Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. So we are doing a series on the Jewish feasts. And we are finding Jesus in the Jewish feasts. And uh, today we are doing uh, one of the Jewish feasts called the Day of Atonement. Now just to, just to set that up before we get into the details of what, what that festival was and what that feast was. Um, when I was a kid... I, every summer, I would go to a, a Christian Bible camp, a summer camp, and I can remember one of my first years there, we were in the cabin, and we had bunk beds, and there was like six or seven bunk beds, and so there were 12 boys in this cabin, and what would happen in the evening is our counselors, or the, the, the teenagers that were running running our cabin. We thought they were like 40, right? But they were teenagers. They would come in and they would do an evening devotional with us before bed. And I can remember, I can remember very distinctly, I'm on the bottom bunk and I can remember these guys coming in and telling us the story of the crucifixion. How Jesus was, was betrayed, he was arrested, he was, he was falsely accused, and then he was, he was tortured, and he was whipped, and then he was nailed to a cross, and he hung there, and he died there because of my sin, because of the things that I had done wrong, because of my failures, because of my disobedience, because of my sin, he went and he was tortured and killed to save me. And I can distinctly remember laying there in my bed and being overwhelmed with that thought, overwhelmed with the thought of, why would you do that for me? I'm not worth it. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. I think all of us have wrestled with, at one point or another, and, and I'm, I'm guessing that many of you still wrestle with, with thoughts like that, that you do not deserve the love of God. You do not deserve the love of God and you feel like there is still this great distance between you and God. Maybe you grew up in a tradition that said that, you know what, it's only the pastor, it's only the priest that's able to go to God, that's only able to absolve sins, or it's, they're the only ones that able, is able to hear from God. Or maybe you, you just feel like you're not good enough. It's only the really good people. It's only the really best people. It's only the perfect people who actually had that relationship. And you come because you know you're supposed to and you're hoping that it does something. But you still feel very distant from God. You can't hear Him. You can't feel Him. 
and you're not sure if you have the right to be close to Him. You may have or may be feeling like there is this wall between you and God because of the things that you've done. You carry guilt and shame and blame and you're guilty. You're, you, you, you're not denying it. You know the things that you've done against God and against others, against your family. And you see those sins and you see those black marks and you see them creating walls and divisions between you and God. And you, God couldn't want me. God doesn't want me. The things I've done, if maybe, maybe God hears it, but like I know how everybody else would think. I know what everybody else would feel. And I can't imagine that God would want someone like me with that baggage, with those things. People say that I this is for me, but they don't understand the things that I've done. And we feel like there's a wall, there's a barrier, there's something between us and God. And others of us are in the situation where it, it, it's, not just, it's not just our past, it's, it's the stuff we're into right now. Our sins and our addictions and our failures, those things that we can't get rid of in our lives, those, those behaviors, those habits, those conversations, those words, those, those reactions, the, the selfishness and the greed and the, the violence and the abuse and, and the anger, anger and the hate and the selfishness and, and all those things that bubble up inside of us and, and come out and hurt our family and, and hurt our friends and and sabotage our own lives. And we see, we see that stuff in our life, and we're like, I, that stuff is moving me away from God. I'm moving away from God with that stuff. There's no way that He wants me. There's no way he, He's with me in that because I am moving away from God because of that sin that's in my life. Well, the Israelites were in the exact same situation thousands of years ago. They went, they went, God saved them from Egypt, He saved them from slavery, they're out and God wants to give them the command and they're like, ah, I don't want to go to the mountain. So they kept this distance where God was on the mountain and Moses went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and to hear from God and, and get direction and they were far away off the mountain, they weren't allowed to go to the mountain, there was this distance. And then after they, Moses came down from the mountain, they, they built this tabernacle, a tent, this large setting that was the meeting place for Moses to go and the, the, the high priest to go and meet with God. And there was this distance. And at that point, only the high priest was able to go into the, the inner part of the tabernacle. And that carried on into the temple when they finally got into Jerusalem and they, they built their city and they built the temple and they had the inner part where that was the only place, the, the, the only person that was able to go into that area was the high priest. And they were only able to go into that place once a year. And there was this distance to maintain this separation between the people and God. And the Israelites had a history, a long history of being so stupid. 
God gets them out of Egypt. Moses goes up on the mountain, and what do they do? They build an idol and start worshiping an idol. They get going, and, and they grumble and complain and say, we should go back to slavery. We should go back to Egypt. And they rebel against God's leaders that he had put in place, even though God was providing for them. And they sinned, and they disobeyed, and they continued to do these things against God, and they covered them with guilt and with shame. And they continued generation, generation after generation after generation to fall into these habits of sin that kept them separated from God. Well, in Leviticus chapter 16, we find that God institutes this day of atonement, which was supposed to be his day at the end of the days of repentance. And it says in verse 34 of chapter 16, the whole chapter talks about it, but it says in verse 34, this is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. And it was done as the Lord commanded Moses. And so what would happen was that the priest would take and he would, he would have this large sacrifice to cover his sins. And then he would be able to go into the Holy of Holies. But he would also perform another sacrifice, a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And they would take one goat and they would sacrifice it. And that was, the, that was a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And then they, then they would take another goat. And he would go to the goat and he would put his hand on the goat and he would confess the sins of the people over the goat. And then somebody else was to take the goat and take it out of the village out into the wilderness and set it loose in a place that it could not ever get back to the people. That was the scapegoat. That's where scapegoat comes from. That was called the scapegoat. Because all the sins of the people were put on it and set in the wilderness never to come back. And in doing so, this festival was celebrating that the sins of the past were covered and the sins that the people were carrying were taken far away from them, never to come back to them. In Luke chapter 23, it says this, it was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until about three in the afternoon. And as for the, as for the sun, it had stopped to shine. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus called out into a loud, in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last See, that curtain that was torn in two was actually the curtain in the temple that separated the rest of the temple from the Holy of Holies. And it, by it being torn in two, there was this miraculous statement saying that that division, that division 
was no longer present. Hebrews chapter 10. We just read part of this. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 10, it says this. And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Not every year as a lasting ordinance, but once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. This is my point. Because of the work of Christ, He fulfilled the Day of Atonement. It used to be a once a year, cover the sins thing, as a, as a moment to think about Christ, to look forward to Christ. And when He came, He not only took and covered the sins with the blood, and not only did He remove them far away, never to return, He removed every barrier. And now, because of Christ, there is nothing keeping you away from God. There is nothing keeping you away from God anymore. I don't deserve the sacrifice of Christ. But because of Christ, my guilt can't keep me from God anymore. My sin can't keep me from God anymore. No person, distance, or tradition can keep me from God anymore. If I don't want Him, that's my choice. But there is nothing keeping me away from God anymore. My little guy, John, is a big fan of roller coasters. And last year, last summer, we were able to go over to PEI and we went to Shining Waters and there's a roller coaster there. And he, he, he's a typical little boy where he has seen things for his whole life and looked at it and be like, oh, I can't wait to do that. And up until last year, he was always told, you're not big enough yet. You're not old enough yet. You can't do that yet. And last year we went and it was perfect weather. He had the bracelet, and he was finally the right height. <laughs> and there was nothing keeping him away from that roller coaster anymore. 
And he went on it over and over and over and over and over again. Because there was nothing keeping him back anymore. It wasn't bad weather, and so he couldn't go. It wasn't he didn't have admission to the park, and so he couldn't go. It wasn't that he wasn't tall enough, and so he couldn't go. There was nothing holding him back anymore. And so he embraced it. He went forward fully, completely leaned into it and embraced the opportunity that he was given. Folks, there's nothing... There's nothing keeping you away from God anymore. No sin of your past. No bad habit. No addiction. No sinful behavior that you're living in. No guilt. No shame. No tradition. No false belief that is keeping you from God anymore. The weather's good, you've got the bracelet, and you're tall enough. It's time to ride the roller coaster. When God sees you, He doesn't see your sin anymore, He sees the righteousness of Christ. Did you know that? When He sees you, He doesn't see all the bad stuff you've ever done. He doesn't see all your guilt and your shame. He doesn't see what kind of a disappointment you are. Because of the work of Christ, when you put your faith in Him, what God sees when He sees you is He sees how perfect and loving and good and perfect Christ is in you. You don't need a priest, you don't need a temple. You don't need to make sacrifices. He has done everything necessary. He has come for you. And He sees you, and He sees you covered in the work of Christ. And the power of sin is gone. You now have the ability to choose. You now have the ability to fight your sin. You don't need it anymore. And even though it will be a fight... He is going to give you victory over that stuff in your life. But there is nothing keeping you away from God anymore. But you've got to decide whether or not you're going to embrace that Whether or not you're going to lean into that. Whether or not you're going to take that opportunity and ride the roller coaster. And that means for some of you, making that decision to submit your life to Christ. and Say, I want to, I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to depend on Him. I'm going to give up my old life and I'm going to embrace His life and follow Him and have that freedom and have that forgiveness and have that life everlasting. And for others of you here, you have done that, but there are things that you have been holding on to and you've been holding back or you have forgotten 
You have forgotten just the gift that Christ has given you. And the enemy has started lying to you and tempting you and telling you that you don't deserve it anymore. You're not good enough anymore. That God doesn't really want you anymore. And you need to remember that there is nothing keeping you away from God anymore. No scheme of Satan. No sin from your past. No sin in your life now. No church, no pastor, no priest. There is nothing keeping you from God anymore. But we've got to embrace it. We've got to accept Him. Accept His forgiveness. Embrace His transformation. And come close to Him. He has done absolutely everything necessary to be with us. Now it's just a matter of whether or not you want to be with Him. Because there is nothing keeping you away from God anymore. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.